This is Ireland's 100 to 102 Today FM. Over the course of election 2016 on Today FM, we'll have interviews with all four of the major party leaders. But before Christmas, we also interviewed the leaders or representatives of parties who are fighting their first election in 2016. Renewa, the Social Democrats, the Independent Alliance founded by Shane Ross, and the combined anti-austerity alliance People Before Profit. So in case you missed it over Christmas, here's our interview with Stephen Donnelly of the Social Democrats. Gavin, the Social Democrats believe in an Ireland where every citizen is afforded opportunity and dignity. Uh, We believe that the cartel of stale Irish civil war politics needs to be challenged. We believe that there's huge potential in the country. And if we're going to untap that potential, we need a great society. We need a very strong economy to power that society. And we need better government. So the Social Democrats... I believe, are the only party that can credibly say we have a compelling, strong social vision. We are backing that up with a real credible economic plan and economic strength. And we are credibly calling for serious political change for better government, for a culture of openness. When you launched, the, uh, the the way that a lot of people describe the Social Democrats was that you were basically a Nordic-style party. You were looking for a Nordic-style social model. A lot of people hear that and they think that means high taxes. Yeah, they do. So we, we, in our budget submission, we laid out a, a, a taxation position where total taxes didn't change. We had movement within the tax band, but I don't think anybody here wants to see taxes raised when they don't believe that their taxes are being spent properly. So when we talk about the Nordic model, we're not talking about uh, moving to higher taxes. What we're talking about is saying, look, if you look all over the world at what are the most prosperous Uh, the most equal, the most progressive societies on earth. Look at any index for the World Bank or the IMF or anybody, and it's the Nordic countries. Now, we don't want to transpose the Nordic model here. What we want to do is say, well, look, if these are the best at it, um, what are they doing that we should have here? So, you know, universally accessible, high-quality public services, a really, really strong domestic enterprise sector. So, obviously, they've got very big businesses of businesses of their own. They're not just reliant on, mm. on, on foreign direct investment. Just Sorry to interrupt you, and just to go back to, to public services, what public services do they get that we don't for their extra tax money? They get better healthcare. They get better education. So, Finland, for example, is recognised as having one of the top three education systems in the world. Um, they get better access to it and there's better oversight of it. So one of the things that the Nordics do a lot better than we do is um, proper regulation with teeth. So HICWA is doing what it can in healthcare. Um, there is some in education, but really not very much inspection with any teeth whatsoever. So one of the things they do very well in the Nordics is say, look, whatever the agreed amount of tax is, uh, we're going to spend it well. You can see how we're going to spend it. We're going to show you how we're spending it. And we're going to have it inspected and regulated to make sure that it's doing what it's meant to do. So on the taxation side, you know, Fine Gael Labour have this mantra. They're obsessed with the marginal tax rate. And it's now down below down below 50%. And what mm. they're saying is they'll continue to reduce it. So they're going to bring out, uh, they're going to uh, get rid of universal social charge. That'll take €4 billion. Euro. Um, out, of the, out, out of the revenue base. So we have a choice. We can follow a Fine Gael labour model that says we are going to move from an already pretty low tax economy to an even lower tax economy. But let's be honest, that means that the waiting lists are going to increase, class sizes are going to increase, uh, pensions will not necessarily be fundable in the future and so forth. What the Social Democrats are saying is um, let's go 
in a on a better path. But it's Let's, going to be a hard sell when you're you're coming at it from a time where there's been the universal social charge, where people are now sick to death of seeing extra tar- taxes and charges, and we had the health levy before that. We're finally now in a position where we're constantly being told the economy is turning around, and yet you want people to not have those tax cuts. You don't. You want to keep the money out of people's pockets. We want to very much put the money in people's pockets, but there's there's two different ways you can do it, Gavin. You can either um, reduce taxes, which helps a smaller number of people. Obviously, these are direct taxes and it is it is higher earning households that will benefit from, from reductions in direct taxes. Or you can reduce the cost of living, right? So the approach the government is taking and that it is saying, look, this is what they want to do to Ireland. This is the path they want to take Ireland over the next, over the next all term, over the next five years, is to say they will do exactly what Fianna Fáil did. They will erode the tax base. They will continue to erode the tax base. Now, that's, 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 um, that's very irresponsible in, in my view and in the view of the Social Democrats. Um, and their argument is, will there be more money in people's pockets? Um, however, they're not being honest. They're not saying, oh, and by the way, we're not going to be able to provide really good healthcare. We're not going to be able to create one of the world's best education systems. What the Social Democrats are saying is there's a better way of putting money back in people's pockets whilst building society, whilst, whilst strengthening communities, while building good public services. And that's to reduce the cost of living. So, for example, um, make childcare properly affordable. So, again, in the budget, we showed how that could be done and it's, it's fully costed. Uh, get rid of water charges. Um, make the local property tax uh, fairer uh, and, a, and a wealth tax rather than this arbitrary sort of house tax, which it is right now. If you reduce the costs of living, you don't erode the tax base, you don't set, set us up for another fall, and critically, you have the money to invest. And it's interesting, Gavin, like, it's not just socially left uh, groups or think tanks that are calling for investment. Hmm. IBEC, the employers group, is calling for investment. Chambers Ireland, the American Irish Chambers, um, uh, uh, ISME, all of the employers groups are saying we're not investing enough in productive infrastructure like roads, like public transport, uh, like high-speed broadband, fibre broadband. And, I mean, if you look at IBEX uh, election submission, they're very clear that we're not investing enough in social infrastructure. What is that? Schools, community centres, primary healthcare centres. So, so here's the choice. We can go the way of Fine Gael Labour. And we can say, in the short term, your universal social charge will be less. However, we are setting us up for another fall and we're not going to have the money to invest in healthcare, in education, in future pensions okay. and so forth. So, or, i just finishing this, or we can go the way of the Social Democrats and say, we're not going to raise taxes, but we're not going to reduce taxes. We're going to take it, we're going to invest it in infrastructure and we're going to reduce the costs of living. Okay, now, that's all very conceptual, I suppose, and it'd be very difficult for people to sort of bring that down to brass tacks and see exactly then what will be different. So give, give me one example of something that has happened under the current government, since you were elected as a TD last time around, that the Social Democrats, had they been in power, would have done differently. Is there one example that you can pick out? I can think of a few. Yeah, one that I've been very active on for the last five years is the mortgage crisis. So where the Social Democrats in power, uh, the mortgage crisis would never have been allowed to uh, get to the to the level that it did. It's several times worse than in any other country we've been able to find. Um, we would have invested in education. So there was a great opportunity. What the government has done is essentially asset stripped our education system. But sh- how can you invest in a sector it. like education when, when there's been such a pinch in public finances where every spending bit has had to be cut. How can you ring fence education without then hampering something else? You can't. It's, it's, it's a question of priorities. And if you were to say, should we have reduced the tax base by 750 million 
in the, the budget we've just had? Or should we have invested in things like housing and housing and education? The Social Democrats would say we should have left the tax base alone and we should have invested in housing and education. It's a question of priorities. Um, there was a great opportunity to make life easier for local businesses. Hasn't happened. Again, IBEC and others are saying there's a, there's a big opportunity to reduce red tape, to streamline. It's not about light touch regulation. It's about, it's about reasonable uh, streamlined re- uh, uh, regulations. There's a lot could have been done for local businesses. I think, though, so if that's the mortgage crisis, the education system and local businesses, I think probably the biggest opportunity would have been to reform politics, to open it up, to change the culture and to reform public service delivery. Um, instead, as anyone who's been watching politics over the last five years n- knows, not only has it not got better and more open, it's, it's got worse. It's become more closed. So not only do we have several standing investigations into the behaviour of this government, they can't, even get the, they can't even get the investigations right. So we're now having investigations into investigations. They, they absolutely failed. One of the things the Social Democrats want to do is say we've got to change the culture. If we're going to have great businesses, if we're going to have great public services, if we're going to have strong communities, at the centre you have to have open government. You have to have transparency and you have to have decisions made on evidence. Take the fiasco that is Irish water, for example. No evidence, no costings, no financial planning, none of that done. Just drive ahead, steamroll it through Parliament and get on with it. But will people trust people who are already inside the system? Like yourself and, and Catherine Murphy and Roisin Shortall, the three co-leaders of the Social Democrats, you're all, you've already been inside Leinster House, so people might find it difficult to think of you guys as a breath of fresh air. I mean, surely after five years in Leinster House being through that system, you, you go native a bit. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, Certainly the feedback that we've got so far since we set up the Social Democrats, the people who are getting involved, the candidates who are running, the people who are donating or knocking on doors or advocating, uh, joining up to the Social Democrats, are saying for them, um, they believe that uh, Catherine, Roisin, myself uh, and others are in it for the right reasons. Um, the easiest thing for me to have done would have been to join another political party. Like setting up a new political party um, is incredibly difficult. This is the best protected, strongest cartel in this country uh, by, by, by a mile. So you believe the system is gamed against new entrants like that? Oh, it's like it's a, it's a cartel that would put the oil barons to shame. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. Um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine when I said we were um, we were setting up the Social Democrats, and he said, "Oh yeah, I remember setting up my first company, and it was it was you know sleepless nights, and it was high risk, and it was all of these things." And I said, "No, it's not. This is nothing like that." I said, "Imagine a market where no company uh, that existed at any scale uh, was less than a hundred years old." and whereby you weren't allowed to borrow any money or access any donors to start, whereby your competitors um, were Facebook, Apple and Google and had all their revenue guaranteed by the state. That's the market you're going into. So certainly I think Catherine Murphy uh, commands a lot of respect. I think people fully uh, respect that she's certainly not in it for herself. Roisin um, resigned a junior ministry and maybe now she'd be, you know, had she stayed, she'd, she'd, she'd be at the cabinet table and she resigned because public money was being allocated, not based on where it was needed, but on, on you know, certainly the allegation is on, on ministerial preference. Um, so for now, Gavin, certainly, I think people do trust Catherine Roche and myself. Um, they do trust the Social Democrats. They are saying, this is new. This is different. The cartel is never going to change itself. And I think what we bring that people like is the combination 
of saying we've got to have a great society, but it must be backed up with a strong economy. And I came into politics five years ago living in both worlds. I mean, I came from the private sector, but did a lot of social sector Mm -hmm. work and was doing a lot of public sector reform work. So to me, there's no disconnect between really strong public services, really strong communities and a really strong business sector. But in politics, um, you're expected to be one or the other. You're expected to either be sort of, you know, good on society or good on business or good on communities. Um, And of course, that's not the real world and it's not where the Irish people are. So hand on heart, I believe the party that we have founded and that a lot of people are getting involved in is the only party that A, can challenge the cartel because it's not of the cartel, but B, says it's not enough to champion a great society and it's not enough to champion a a strong economy. You've got to do the two of them at the same time. And that's what the Social Democrats bring. But if you want to change that cartel, then you have to do two things. Firstly, you have to get candidates on the ground. And then secondly, the way the system is designed right now, you have to get at least, I think, 2% of the nationwide vote in the next general election. Can you afford, given that those are the stakes and that's the kind of vision you want, can you afford to be discerning with potential candidates where right now you only have 14 of them confirmed in 40 constituencies, which means that most of the country lives in an area where there is no Social Democrat to vote for? Yeah, we'd love to have 40 candidates or 80 candidates and and in time, hopefully we will. But we founded in July. There's an election probably coming uh, mid-February. We we have no money. Like Fine Gael in the last Dáil term, sorry, per year in this Dáil term, not only has the entire apparatus of the state at its disposal, it gets five and a half million euro uh, in public funding. We don't. We don't have a single person working you full, get three full time. Three independent allowances. But two. No, two. Because, uh, oh, because the, the, the Labour Party continues to collect money for Roisin Shortall, just like Fine Gael continues to collect money for the five TDs that it, that it booted out and shamelessly refuses to hand it back to the Exchequer uh, or let it go with those TDs. Mm. Um, so the Social Democrats don't have a single full-time employee yet. We're using uh, our own staff from our own offices. We're using uh, the goodwill of a great number of volunteers. Um, so we we would love to have 40 candidates. We would love to have 80 candidates. For now, it's 14. I think it'll grow a little be- before the election. Um, and look, it's a good start. You know, we will have uh, probably only had about six months between running a full, compete, content, contesting a full general election and launching the party. So 14 candidates is a, is a good start. And they're, they're good candidates. They're good people. And if a, a good handful of them get elected, and I'll make this the final question, Stephen, if a, a handful of them get elected and the current government isn't able to, to keep the show on the road and it needs help to get the, the parliamentary majority over the line, is there any configuration you'd be keen to work with or any configuration that you would this early be capable of ruling out? We're not ruling anything out at the moment. All of the parties seem to be in the business of ruling everybody out and certainly not, not doing business with them. But then, of course, as we all know, after the election, they all kind of jump into bed together anyway. So we're, we're not in that game. We're not going to make any false promises. Um, we don't know. We've 14 candidates, maybe more. If we got all 14 candidates elected um, and we were in a position to negotiate a proper programme for government that said an end to regressive budgeting, investment in education, an end to child poverty, real investment in local businesses, etc., etc., openness and transparency in politics, um, then maybe, who knows? Certainly we hope to be in the mix. So we will either be in government or we will be in opposition and we will grow in opposition and we will advocate hard for our priorities. That was Stephen Donnelly of the Social Democrats. You can hear interviews with the representatives from the other new parties elsewhere on this podcast feed. 100 to 102 Today FM.